gonna do without children? What are we gonna do to show we care? How are we gonna be there for our children? When they feel that life has just not been that fair. Good evening and welcome back to Masks Weekly Radio Show on Family Matters. Mask, mothers and fathers aligned, saving kids, kids of all ages and all stages for all mental health struggles including addiction. If you know somebody that needs a referral for a support group, a therapist, an inpatient or outpatient program, please give us a call, 718-758-0400. I'll repeat the number. Maybe you want to jot it down for yourself, a loved one, a neighbor, or someone you usually would sit next to and show our number. Again, remember, all calls are kept strictly confidential. Our number again, 718-758-0400. So tonight we have on with us Dr. Debbie Ackman, who is a freak frequent guest of the mask radio show but more importantly she also facilitates some groups for mask and does programs in schools for mask so i want to welcome you on tonight again how are you dr ackerman i'm good i'm a frequent flyer of mask it's great that's <laughs> like uh, my, my number one destination yeah <laughs> Right. So, Dr. Ackerman, just for my listeners to know, tell us a little bit about what you do and where you do it, please. Thank you. Um, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I have a doctorate in social work and I have a private practice in northern Jersey. And I teach uh, Yeshiva University at the social work school. And my clinical specialty is addiction uh, and a lot of family work. Right, a lot of family work. And anyone interested in joining Dr. Debbie Ackerman's parent Zoom support group, please give us a call, 718-758-0400, and we'll get you on. Her group is Monday nights by Zoom. So, Dr. Debbie, yep. we are coming up to Yantif. Pesach is around the corner. We're at countdown. It's Thursday night now. We have less than a week to go. And it's so much to do for so many. And people are overwhelmed with changing over yep. their kitchen, buying, you know, making sure everything is purchased. And in so many different areas, packing, leaving, coming, guests, I really want to talk about the importance of self-care before this holiday and about 
bringing our expectations maybe a little down than we're used to prior to COVID especially, and how it is so much more acceptable in so many different ways. Okay, so um, this is a great question and it comes up a lot. It happens to be my busiest week of the year, my busiest two weeks, because everybody is really on an overwhelm. Uh, I'm a big proponent and fan of recovery and recovery is uh, not just uh, recovering from substances or behaviors, but it's a lifestyle. And when we get into a recovery mindset, which you can do whether you have addiction or a family member or not, I think it's for everybody, you kind of start to let go of things that are not in your control or that you know are going to put you over the edge. And then you start to take more uh, meaning. You start to do things that have more meaning, spending quality time with your family, being present. We kind of go less on making it incredibly fancy and difficult and overwhelming for us. And we focus more inward. How can we come into the hug very peaceful with a lot of serenity, with the kids happy, with our marriages doing well? And that takes energy. And so it's where you're going to put your energy. And I like where we put the energy on meaningful activities that give us connection. Well, doctor, so many people suffer from addiction and are in recovery. And, um, you know, Pesach is about the four cups of wine. And I I feel that it's such an important topic to really talk about with your family members before Pesach that may be struggling in so many different areas. Number one, those that, you know, shouldn't be drinking alcohol. We need to have grape juice on the table and made yep. available. 100%. And and 12-step program, let's speak about the importance of those in recovery that may need a 12-step program also, please. All right. So the first thing is, if you know that there's going to be somebody at your table uh, that's in recovery, especially early recovery, uh, it's imperative to have another choice for them and not just have wine. Uh, I think it would really be a wonderful show of support if the entire Seder uh, it would be alcohol-free. Uh, that is not an impossibility. We have smoke-free environments now all over New York. And I think for the sake of not having it be difficult for the person who's in recovery to employ that same principle and just have a completely alcohol-free uh, event. Um, the second thing is you never. there are people that you don't know who are in recovery. And so if you are going to have wine, have grape juice. If you want to offer that wonderful bottle of wine and somebody says no, no is no. No is a complete sentence. No insisting, oh, it's so great. You got to try it. It's amazing. No means no, because they may very well be in recovery and just don't want you to know it. And that has to be respected. In regard to 12-step program, 12-step program is the medicine. It is a very big part of recovery. And it is the medicine that people that have the disease of addiction need. Uh, I have spoken to many Rabbanim and have gotten permission for people in 12-step program and early recovery, or if they're struggling or relapsing, to go to meetings on Yantiv and Shabbos. You can call your local rabbi. There are many Rabbanim, thank God, through the work of MASK that educate Rabbanim, that know that it's a disease process and one that has to be taken care of. So a three-day Yantiv is a lot. A lot of stress. Uh, schedule is messed up. People that have the disease of addiction really need to adhere to a regular regimented eating and sleep schedule. 
And if they need to go to meetings, go. Just go. Any way that you can do it with the, within the parameters of halacha, which you can, get in a car, however you do it, and please go to a meeting. The notion of relapsing is really going to be far worse. You know, it's really also important that they speak to their family members now. Don't wait until Aravyantif or the day, you know, when they arrive in your home and right. then have the conversation. Correct. Correct. And that's also twofold of a benefit. Number one, you definitely have to have the conversation. And number two, it does what, Rukhama, what you've been doing here for 25 years, and it brings that term out into the open. It can't be a silent term or something that we don't talk about because that just makes the disease grow much bigger, both on a micro and a macro level. So yeah, there could be people that can't have alcohol and children can know that it makes them sick. And so therefore we're gonna have grape juice tonight or if somebody doesn't want it, that's gonna be it. And I think it really breeds a sensitivity uh, and a recovery mindset for family members. The more we talk about it, the more we educate people about it, the less taboo it becomes, the less stigmatized, the less scary. And I think that's the ultimate goal is for us to really just embrace it as another disease process and treat it the way we would treat anybody with, you know, you wouldn't offer somebody with diabetes a, a, a triple chocolate cake that you made. You'd have enough sensitivity to maybe, you know, not bring it out or have it later or have an alternative dessert for them. And this is the same concept. Dr. Um, let's speak about the psych wards. They are all full. Sadly, there are so many people struggling and have been admitted to psych wards. Um, and they may be being discharged, coming home for a Pesach holiday. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the combination of pills, medication, and alcohol. So if you have a family member, you know, 16, 18, 20, 30, whatever it is, and they're being discharged uh, from uh, an inpatient facility right before Pesach, I would really strongly urge you have an alcohol-free Pesach. Uh, they're going to be feeling, many of them are going to be feeling very out of sorts, uh, very shamed, although they have no reason to be, but they're going to be feeling shamed and they're going to want to belong and feel like they're able to do everything that everybody else does. And to me, it would just be a very basic sensitivity to just say, you know what, this Pesach, it's grape juice. That's what we're doing. We're going to support the person who's not well. We're going to gather around as a family in the spirit of recovery. And we don't need wine. We can totally do grape juice. Uh, alcohol and psychotropic medications do not mix. And so just don't even bring it. Like, don't even get into the discussion. Remove it. Just get it away. And of course, we're saying this with your rabbi's approval, discuss it with your local rabbi, or again, call and ask for a rabbi's number and we can refer you. Um, but yes, very dangerous. And yeah. let's um, tell our listeners about what happens when their loved one needs to stay in a rehab or in a psych ward for Pesach, for the holiday, and how hard it is on parents to know that they're not going to be at their table and that their loved one may not be at a Seder. So, but it's the first day of the rest of their lives, God willing. Right. So what, what do you want to tell those parents, please? So, I think that when somebody's in an inpatient psychiatric ward, uh, there is a little bit of a difference. It's definitely a disease. Uh, they definitely have to be in a, 
a lockdown unit, and that's for several reasons. Number one, uh, they don't cause harm to themselves or others. And number two, when patients in a lockdown unit, they can administer medication at a much higher rate and quicker rate because people are there to monitor at 24, you know, 24 seven. The difference is that if your loved one is, God forbid, in a medical hospital, you are allowed to visit. You can choose to spend Yentiv there and bring food and bigger homes are such wonderful organizations. And you can kind of be with your loved one to bring them and you comfort. That is not the case in a psychiatric locked facility. And there's definitely going to be a, a sense of mourning and sadness that you can't be with with your son, with your daughter, with your whoever it is that is in there. Spouse. Spouse. Thank sister, you. Sister, brother. <laughs> you. Exactly. The whole thing. And your right. young is going to look different. And in the spirit of the 12th step, you just accept that this is what it is. You accept that you're sad. You accept that you're going to be a little bit mournful, uh, this Yentiv, but then hopefully you move over to gratitude for the huge, huge leaps we've made in mental health, for the abundance of medication, for the abundance of support groups like MASK, and you just kind of hopefully come to some peace. Uh, the non-visiting makes it difficult, but it's important for their treatment, and that's why it's done. And, you know, we get many, many calls the week of Pesach saying they want to take their loved ones home for the holidays. And we really, really discourage it. We recommend that you speak to the professionals. Yeah. Uh, but to take somebody out of a rehab and bring them home, they may not get another chance to get them yeah. back in. Yeah, bad, 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 bad mistake. Now, that, that one is just a bad mistake. The person who is in the rehab is there for a reason. Psychotropic medications are very potent. Uh, you need to be monitored 24-7. I don't know why anybody would want to undergo that responsibility. And the patient themselves, it's not good for them. It's overwhelming. Having a mental illness is having a brain injury. And it's very difficult, and it's very difficult to navigate. There's exhaustion. There could be mania. There could be so many different symptoms that make it difficult to maneuver, especially then with holiday and people and noise and company. The brain is injured and needs to have the stimulus kept low, low stimulus. And inpatient units are low stimulus. And they need the routine. They need the routine of what they've gotten used to. So that is a terrible idea. Terrible. Sorry. Right. So do you want to just speak about what a parent group looks like? So those that may be interested will will call the mask office to register. Absolutely. I've been honored to be doing this parent group. I think it's three years, Rahama, that we're doing this together. Yeah. Wow. Happy anniversary to us. And uh, the mask parent groups are an open group, which means you can come in and join or, or not join at any time that you want. We have people who are fierce regulars who have been on with us for almost three years. And then there are people who come for a little bit and then things happen and then they come back. And that's one of the beauties of the group is that it's open. Um, it is a support group and people there are uh, there to support the people there without any judgment, to listen to them, to empathize with them and to offer from the 12-step perspective, experience, strength, and hope. It is a 12-step oriented group. So we do do one step a week. Uh, confidentiality is of the utmost importance. So your camera has to be on so that it is only you and your husband slash wife in the group, no one else. Uh, and that is like kind of a, you know, a fast, hard, non-negotiable rule. Uh, and then people come forth with what's going on. Um, some of the stories are, are really painful. They're very painful. But Rucham and I have seen when people stay there steadily, the improvement that happens is 
it's just so heartwarming. Relationships get repaired and people get education and they get perspective and they're part of a group. So it's normalized and they are not shamed. Uh, and it's a wonderful group and I'm very, very happy and honored to do it. So please join. Thank you. Um, Dr. Ackman, mm -hmm. um, you want to maybe give some ideas how to navigate a Seder for someone in recovery, please? Well, Meaning, so, yeah. You can go on. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. What do you mean? You can what? Well, I, what I want that, what I would like people to hear about is it being a little different for this year if they're struggling, you know, somebody with recovery at the table and how it could be um, more fun and exciting, um, et cetera. So I wanted you to yeah. speak more about that, yeah. please. You know, like I said, recovery is a lifestyle. And when you do a recovery, let's say you do a recovery Seder, you really put a big emphasis on having meaningful discussion on letting everybody speak without interrupting them on putting more emphasis on the songs you can sing <clears throat> the thoughts that you can share uh, making it much more communal uh, and it really is about just celebrating being together and with the imperfection nobody expects perfection though the grape juice spills okay this happens okay you know, my mother used to wait every year for the grape juice to spill. And then she was like, now I can relax, right? Like mm. she was she was very excited when that first cup of wine, you know, spilled. She's a Hungarian woman on her crisp white tablecloth. She's like, oh, now my yantiv is good. I, I'm okay. Keep your expectations very reasonable, very reasonable. And rejoice in the fact that you are in recovery, that your family is in recovery. Sing together, talk together, reminisce together. That is the joy. That is the joy of the Chag. And don't strive for perfection. Not necessary. And you'll only breed resentment. Thank you. It's so important that you go with flow when yeah. you have somebody that is struggling with addiction of any kind. Right. Um, so it's, honestly, it, Rukama, I think it's good if people go low or reasonable at all times. I, I think that sometimes it's just gotten so, you know, it's taken on a life of its own. Why, why should Yantav equate stress? I'm just not quite sure. It's supposed to be a beautiful time of togetherness and having that kind of high stress level. I'm not really sure that's in the spirit. Cut out things, concentrate on what is important, family, prayer, discussion, that's what the yantiv is supposed to represent, I think. Thank you. So I want to bring up another topic, and that is the CODA meetings, because yeah. there are many parents that may not be on the same page, and there may be somebody that's very codependent on their loved one that's struggling. So I was wondering if you can help um, my listeners understand how code could be helpful. And by the way, if I could add, for those that may not know what the 12 steps are, just a brief understanding of what we're speaking about, please. 100%. 12 step movement was started 88 years ago by two fellows named Bill and Bob. They were two very, very ill alcoholics. And they found that the act of one alcoholic speaking to another 
and sharing their experience, strength, and hope that they both were able to get sober and stay sober. So today it is a worldwide movement with millions and millions and millions of members. It is free. It is facilitated by everybody. There's no professional in there. If you're the judge, you are in the same room as, uh, I don't know, the person who gardens. If you're the president of the United States, you're in the same room as the person who, you know, washes dishes at a restaurant. It is absolutely totally equal. Um, people go because it really, uh, addresses the thinking of people with addiction. Uh, there are people who at the very beginning of recovery do what we call 90-90, which is 90 meetings in 90 days, which is a meeting a day. And there are people who, thank God, continue to go to meetings for years and years and years, even after they have recovery. Uh, one of my clients told me that there was a man that he met at a meeting and he said the guy, you know, rolled in in his pickup truck and overalls. And he told the guy he had been going to a daily meeting every single day for 33 years. And it was reported to me that this man had just incredible spirituality. So it really is very helpful for every addiction that there is, AA for alcohol, NA for narcotics, GA for gambling, SA for sex, SLA for sex and love, et cetera. There's an Anon group for the family member, Al-Anon, Nar-Anon, Gam-Anon, S-Anon. It's really important for family members to go. Uh, addiction is a family disease and the dynamic has to be shifted. And that's where CODA comes in. Many people who are involved or married to people or children of have what we call codependent or co-addictive behaviors, which is its own set of thinking and way of doing things. And the CODA meetings, which is Codependence Anonymous, is another 12-step program that is incredibly helpful in addressing the way somebody who has codependence thinks. And then you start to just see the shift in dynamic and things start to move. The miracle happens. Absolutely. We we see every every week at our groups, we oh, yeah. see miracles. We Absolutely. see them moving along. Yeah. And uh they're doing great. Families are doing great. I mean, my we just started our 26th year doing this. We have many groups. Anyone interested in joining a parent group, please call us, pick up the phone. And we will direct you to the right group for whatever your family loved one struggling with. Um, there are some new goddess out there, and uh, maybe even the one from last year, the Four Cups, which is a recovery Haggadah from hmm. Rabbi Shay's Taub. That's wonderful. And I know there's also the one that they um, have been advertising um, from the show Friends. And there's a Haggadah that a young woman, um, you know, came out with that's available on Amazon. Both of those that I mentioned are available on Amazon. It is not too late to order it. So I'm well, recommending that you go on, order it, and um, look at it, read it, take a look at it, say so you know what you're giving your child, your loved one, your spouse as a gift, and yeah. um, make sure that you're familiar with it and you involve them with whatever it is um, in any other way that you can. I know our families at MASK are all speaking about getting frogs and different things to entertain at the table uh, nice. with the Macos. So let's keep in mind 
the more that you make it a uh, happy environment to be, on, you know, at the Seder, the more they'll be interested. But Dr. one last thing before we close, sure. so important to speak about the, the one that says, after an hour, I had enough, I'm going to my room. Yep. And you know what? You know what we say? Good night. Love you. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a beautiful sleep. We'll see you in the morning. Right. That's it. And that'll be Dr. Ackman's last word That's for it. tonight. <laughs> but yes, we 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 must, you know, wish them good night and not push them to stay any longer. The only thing is you can invite them back when you're serving the meal or you can ask them would you like to eat now before you go to sleep so of course we are not rabbis we are only um sharing what the rabbis are telling us at our organization and others so please speak to your own rabbi or call mask and we'll be happy to give you a referral Thank you, Dr. Ackman. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Love doing this with you. Continued success to you and your wonderful organization. And Chakash uh, Vesameach to you. Amen. Thank you for all you do as well for Mask and the Claw. Wishing you and everyone a Chakash Vesameach. And please remember, don't push the alcohol. Please yeah. have grape juice available at all your meals. And I want to wish everyone a very good evening, a beautiful Shabbos. And always remember, for now, hang in, hold on, and still for now, virtually hug tight. I want to ask that you go on to maskparents.org and donate so that we could continue with all the mask programs. Thank you, and have a good night. As part of the New York City Department of Sanitation's commitment to keeping our streets clean and getting rid of rats, beginning April 1st, waste set-out times are changing for all NYC residents and businesses. This change will reduce the amount of time that trash, recycling, and curbside composting sits on sidewalks. Learn more at nyc.gov slash setouttimes or call 311. When it comes to Pesach, nothing but the best in quality and kashras will do for your Seder and Yom Tov meals. For the last 60 years, Marvit Kosher Poultry has been providing the cleanest, finest, and tastiest chickens, turkeys, ducks, and Cornish hens for discriminating kosher consumers. Marvit also has the most kosher supervision, including the OU, MK, Isachdus, and COR as well. So, this Yom Tov makes sure Marvit is on your family's table. Available at the finest kosher supermarkets. Achag Kosher Vesameach from Marvit Poultry. Ancient tradition, today's taste. Help Mayor Panim fight poverty in Israel. There are over 2.6 million Israelis living below the poverty line. Over 40,000 Holocaust survivors live below the poverty line and can't afford food and basic care. Mayor Panim is here to help with their dedicated team to assist the needy all over Israel. Through an era of economic uncertainty, Mayor Panim's dedicated team makes sure to feed, care for, and assist the needy all over Israel. However, Mayor Panim can't do it without you. They rely on our passionate community of givers who make his program so successful. Help Mayor Panim continue helping those 
those that need it the most this Pesach. Go to merpanim.org to donate today. That's merpanim.org. Or call their toll-free number at 877-7DONATE. That's 877-7DONATE. Looking for Kolomoed Entertainment? Support NJNCSY and the amazing work they do for Klal Israel. Come visit the Six Flags Great Adventure and Safari this Kolomoed Pesach, where you can find an adventure for the whole family. Special pricing available until April 8th, where the safari is $23, parking $20, and the theme park is $53. Check out the safari and park bundle option, which is only $64 until April 9th, and $69 the day of. Day of pricing is just a little bit more. Don't miss their concert on Monday, April 10th, starring Simka Liner and Moshe Tischler. Koshala Pesach food is available for purchase, courtesy of Riverdale Kosher. Buy tickets at ncsygreatadventure.com. That's ncsygreatadventure.com. Park hours are 10.30 to 7, and safari hours are 10 to 3. Don't miss out. Be there at Six Flags Great Adventure and Safari Park and support NJNCSY. Buy your tickets today at ncsygreatadventure.com. On the night that's different than other nights, why not try wine that makes a difference? You see, Sheila Winery in Israel is an award-winning winery. In fact, six months ago, Decanter Magazine, which tastes and evaluates tens of thousands of wines each year for their international premier wine competition, awarded Shiloh more medals than any other Israeli wine company has ever received. Their secret reserve Cabernet Sauvignon, one of Israel's most awarded wines, and Shiloh's Mosaic exclusive edition, both scored 95 points and won gold medals. Nine of their wines received a score of 90 to 95. A few months ago, Decanter Magazine, for the first time ever on International Wine Day, chose an Israeli wine, Shiloh's Mosaic, as part of 20 wines from around the world that are in the must-discover category for excellence. So this Pesach, when only the best will do, please put Shiloh's fine wines from Israel on your Seder table. <laughs> 